Okay, we're done. We're good. So grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So when I was in college, I'd come home from college. I had this great summer job. I worked for the Laguna Beach Water District. And one of our tasks, some of it was nasty, but the weather was always fantastic. And one year we had this task, and our job was test the fire hydrants. This is a phenomenal job. So, like, my buddy and I, we would just drive around, and we'd get these fire hydrants, and we'd open them up and shoot water off down the street for, for minutes. And so we'd, like, take stuff and see how far the water could shoot it, you know? So we'd, like, get a branch and put it in the water stream and take off running, and it was fantastic. And one day, my, my buddy and I had this great idea. Let's stick our face <laughs> in, in the fire hydrant hose and see who could get closest to the fire hydrant with their face. It's a great idea. It was, it was an experiment. We called it experiment in pressure. Normally, experiments in pressure aren't that much fun, right? Billy Joel sings about being under pressure. And you know what it's like to be under pressure. You say things to yourself like, I think it feels like there's a huge weight on me. It's pressure. I think I'm going to crack. It's pressure. I don't know if I can make it. It's pressure. Sometimes it's a health issue, or a job issue, or a financial issue, or a family or relationship issue, but you're under pressure, and it's hard. And oftentimes when we're under that type of pressure, we, we ask this question, why? Why, God? Why me? Why this? Why now? Why? And in our text for today from John chapter 9, the disciples uh, encounter someone who's facing pressure and they ask this question. They encounter a man who has been born blind. And that is a tough situation in any day, age, and culture. But in Jesus' day, age, and culture, it's really tough. Because this is an agricultural society, and you work with your hands and your feet and your labor, which is really hard when you're blind. It's also challenging because we, we can assume from the text that this man's family is fairly poor. We assume this because he's been begging to make ends meet, and he's been begging a long time. That's a lot of pressure. And so his disciples ask why. And they think they know the answer. They say this. Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? It's a good question. Something's wrong, so somebody must be at fault. And God is not at fault, so perhaps it's this guy or perhaps it's his parents. Why? And Jesus completely changes the question. He corrects their misunderstanding. And then he does not ask, or rather he does not answer why. He asks a completely different question. For what purpose? For what purpose? Jesus says this. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. 
Why is he blind? So God's work might be shown in and through him. I'm sure all of you have faced challenging times, times when you felt you were under a great burden, a, a lot of pressure. Maybe you're going through a time like that right now. And you may have asked, why? I've had the honor of having that conversation with some of you here. And sometimes you say, why is this happening? Maybe I did something wrong. Why? What's going on? We'd like to invite you to ask a better question. For what purpose, God? For what purpose? My, my cousin, Terri Ann, she, um, she's going through a challenging time right now. So I've, I've talked about my, my cousin. Um, her mom and dad both passed away last year quite suddenly. And now she has cancer and she has legions on her uh, brainstem. And it's too close to uh, her, her brain or spinal cord to do surgery. So they did, uh, I'm gonna get this term wrong, Radio knife surgery, knife with a radioactivity, I radiation surgery with a laser beam. That's the technical way they describe it to her lasers. And um, the process, because it's so fine tuned, uh, they actually nicked some blood vessels in her brain. And so she's been bleeding internally. Um, the only way to stop that is pray it stops by itself or brain surgery. And so as a result, she's been having a vertigo for the past two months. So bad that she has, throws up multiple times a day. It's a challenging time. Just this past week, she finally got outside to walk. And she posted this on Facebook. It was 10 things to remember when going through tough times. And some of the things she posted were this. Every experience, good and bad, teaches us something. Sometimes the best prayers are the unanswered ones. And there's always, always, always something to be grateful for. In this challenging time, in this pressure-filled time, God is, is working and developing her, her character, or her faith, and her trust. And those are things that can only be developed in challenging and pressure-filled times. They, they don't get developed any other way. And in this process, she's saying, not why, but for what purpose? And she's learning and she's growing. There are some things that can only be learned under pressure, and faith is one of those things. But what about those times when it's not worth it? What about those times when you get through a crisis, a challenge, and you look back on it and you say, there is no possible way that what I went through is worth the gain. It just doesn't add up. Sometimes the answer to every situation isn't, well, I'm learning more about trust. And you say, Lord God, I would rather not learn about trust right now. It's just not worth it. Jesus knows about pressure. We see Jesus 
and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying to the Heavenly Father, if you are willing, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Not your will, not my will, but your will be done. And the scriptures say that he is under such pressure that Jesus sweats blood. That's pressure. And the pressure he is under isn't just the cross, which is certainly an excruciating way to die. The pressure that he is under is emotional as well. Tim Keller puts it this way in his book, The Reason for God. He says, think about a relationship that you have. So if you have an acquaintance that uh, yells at you and gets angry at you and turns uh, his or her back on you, that's, that's disappointing and it's painful. If you have a good friend who does that to you, it's really painful. If you have a, a child or a spouse or a parent who does that to you, it's, it's almost unbearable. And so Jesus on the cross becomes your sin and my sin. As Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5, God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that you might become the righteousness of God. And because of that, God the Father turns his back on his son. And Jesus cries out from the cross in Aramaic, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And through that pain and that suffering, Jesus dies for your sin and for mine. See, the cross does not answer the question, why is there suffering in this world? It doesn't answer that question. But it does tell you what the answer isn't. It isn't because God doesn't care. It isn't because God doesn't love you. It isn't because God has forsaken you. He forsake his son already. So that we might be forgiven and freed. God takes your suffering so seriously that he takes it upon himself. Jesus cares. And his suffering redeems your suffering and your challenges will make your redemption that much more joyous and beautiful. Keller writes it, he puts it this way. The biblical view of, of things is resurrection, not a future consolation for the life we never had, but a restoration of the life you always wanted. This means that every horrible thing that ever happened to you will not only be undone and repaired, but will in some way make the eventual glory and joy even greater. In a couple weeks, uh, I'm getting together with my cousins. And because Terry Ann's doing better, we think she's going to be there. And whenever we get together with my cousins, it's always a good time. It's always a happy time. But now... Now it's really going to be good. Because I get to see my cousin again. At least one more time. As many of you know, I'm a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings. Because I'm a geek, right? <laughs> and there's great, this great line in the book. It says this. It's um, Samwise, one of the, the hobbits. 
and he sees his friend Gandalf the wizard uh, at the end of the story, and he thought that Gandalf was dead. And Samwise exclaims this, I thought you were dead, but then I thought I was dead myself. Is everything sad going to come untrue? Because of Jesus and the resurrection, the answer is yes. Everything sad one day will be untrue. And it will somehow be greater for having once been broken and lost. My friends, Christ is risen. Risen is indeed. Hallelujah. Let's stand and sing his praise.